Hello, my name is Wayman Gahey III, host of Locked On Seminoles on the Locked On Podcast Network. Welcome back again to another episode of the Locked On Seminoles Podcast. This is the third episode, and I'm excited that uh, that you're here. I hope you've listened to the first two uh, first two. If you haven't, uh, I would recommend going back to listening and listen to them, obviously, because uh, I broke down uh, what happening at Sanford and what caused Florida State some issues, as well as you know a couple players that played well. And then yesterday we broke down, you know, uh, a little bit about the offense and uh, what's been going on with them. Today we're going to focus mostly on the defense because we got to talk to defensive coordinator Harlan Barnett today. We got to talk to um, some defensive players today. But first, a little bit about me in case you uh, you haven't listened to the podcast or you you know don't really know who I am. I'm the Florida State beat writer for the Tallahassee Democrat. I've covered Florida State for the last four seasons. I started out with NoltDigest.com on the Scout Network as an intern. I worked my way up to publisher, and then I got the job with the Tallahassee Democrat in August 2016, and I've been in this role ever since. Uh, cover football, baseball, basketball, recruiting for for the Tallahassee Democrat. I attend every every football game. I'll be up in Syracuse this weekend for the uh, Seminoles game against the Orange, and I cover every home basketball game. Uh, I cover every home baseball game, every big recruiting event. When Florida State goes to the NCAA tournament in in basketball, I was there for the two games in Nashville and the two games out in L.A. And for baseball, I cover. Uh, I was in Omaha for the College World Series two years ago. So everything that the media has access to, as far as you know, the three main sports and recruiting it, uh, that the Florida State program has to offer, I have eyes on it. I'm you know I'm boots on the ground, so I have a, a fairly good perspective about what's going on with Florida State athletics as re- as it regards to the three main sports and recruiting. Um, but ju- jumping right in to you know, to, to the defense, Florida State against Sanford gave up 26 points, and it would have been a lot more if not for some big plays on defense, some turnover luck. Florida State uh, had a couple bounces go their way, a couple bad ha- uh, bad passes by Sanford quarterback Devlin Hodges. But in in the first half, Sanford just lit up the Florida State defense, running up and down the field um, on the Seminoles. And it, it mostly happened in the passing game. Sanford didn't really gain a lot of gra- uh, a lot of yards on the ground, but it, in the passing game, Florida State just really, really struggled, particularly in one-on-one situations. I think that was the most uh, the most disappointing thing from that is that Florida State's corners and safeties were getting beat in one-on-one situations by FCS players, and I think that's that's a pretty major concern. Um, Right now, Florida State's uh, 99th in yards uh, yards per attempt allowed on uh, when they're on defense, and obviously, when you're playing a Virginia Tech team, you know Josh Jackson's a decent quarterback, but he's not a great quarterback. And then you have an FCS team. When you're allowing that to, to happen to those two programs with what they have, it's it's a it's a very very big concern um, as far as as far as that goes, you know, Florida State's giving up 100, uh, 341 passing yards per game. I'm not a huge fan of overall passing stats, um, you know, just for a game because Samford did throw the ball 60 times. I mean, but yards per attempt is a is a much more accurate stat as far as that goes. And, you know, completion percentage, Florida State's allowing its opponents to complete 64% of their passes and giving up 7.9 yards per attempt. That's... 
Like that's abysmal. I mean, it's it's behind Tennessee, it's behind Rutgers, it's behind SMU, like Tulsa, uh, Florida International. I mean, it's behind Oregon. It's just it's it's not uh, what Florida State's. You know, it's it's not up to Florida State standard at least so far during the season. Um, and you know that the the, uh, the secondary was always you know probably going to take a little bit of a step back. They moved um, one of the corner, one of the guys that I expected to be starting at cornerback, Stanford Samuels, into the safety role, and then he got hurt. So he's been limited in what he's been able to do. And then Kyle Myers has been pretty; he's been all right. He made he's he had a couple of interceptions um, against Samford. Uh, he did get beat on a couple of plays, but uh, Levante Taylor's been beat on a couple of plays. It's just Florida State is being challenged one-on-one in this defense. And right now, they're, I mean, they're, they're, they struggled a little bit. Uh, obviously, they did have the four interceptions, which um, is very, very good. But you're, you're not going to be able to get that type of turnover luck every, every game. Um, Florida State needs to be much better when it comes to, you know, one-on-one coverage. Now, Devlin Hodges did make some spectacular throws, um, you know, some over-the-shoulder throws that were just I mean, fantastic. Like he's he's probably one of the best quarterbacks that Florida State is going to face this season. And, you know, that's not really saying a lot because quarterback is down by ACC standards um, over the past few years. You know, there, there's, you know, it, it, ACC, the quarterback play in the ACC has taken a step back this year. Um, Ryan Finley is probably the best quarterback Florida State will face in the ACC. But Syracuse's Eric Dungy is really, really good. Um, but he, he, you know, those two are completely different and, um, both of them are completely different from what Hodges does, but we'll get into, uh, what Eric Dungy does well and how Florida state can, can defend him a little bit later in the podcast. But, uh, the defensive line has done a, you know, pretty good job of, of stopping the run. Um, right now the pass rush is a, is a bit of an issue. Uh, Sanford did a really good job of getting the ball away quickly, but the defense not picking up a single sack against an FCS opponent is a bit of a concern. Um, as far as that goes, they were close multiple times and then Hodges would make a great play. So the, it's the plays are there. They're just not, not being made right now. And that's something that's going to have to, uh, have to get better. Um, you know, Florida state's, Against Sanford, Florida State brought their linebackers up, rushed the linebackers some, rushed the safeties. I mean, they brought different looks to to try and help out the pass rush, but Sanford was negating it by, you know, just getting the ball away quickly. And, um, you know, I think we, we we're probably going to see something similar to that against Syracuse with Eric Dungy and them trying to get the ball out in space and letting him run with the ball. So it's going to be interesting to see how Florida State defends that. Um but overall, Florida State is, you know, they're, they're 91st in total in, in yards per play allowed on defense overall, not just passing yards, but rushing yards as well. That's one spot ahead of where Florida is right now. Uh, I mean, like the teams that are just ahead of them, Baylor, Northwestern, Purdue, Texas State, Louisville, SMU again, it's Florida State's defense has not been up to the standard that it, it should be at through the first two games of the season, it's, it's not been, um, it's not, uh, it's, it's just not been where it's supposed to be. It's, it's Harlan Barnett is, has done some good things. He's done, you know, he, he's, 
he's putting players in the right position. Players just aren't making plays right now. And that's, you know, that goes back to being a confidence issue. Florida State's going to have to continue to work on building up that confidence after last year's team really, you know, the, the, the struggles and everything that went on just completely demoralized that team. And by the end of the year, you know, players just weren't playing hard. They weren't they weren't playing with the energy that Florida State, you know, is, is known for playing with. And I still think you know, I see we see some of that um, through the first two games. But we're gonna we're gonna this is this is the best offense that Florida State will face going into the going into uh, the third game of the season. I mean, it's Syracuse is a big step up from Samford and a big step up from Virginia Tech and. They're going to really, really challenge Florida State and what they're able to do, but with you know with with what Florida State, with the progress that they made, you know you look later in the game, the first half was atrocious for Florida State, but the second half was much better. Uh, they did a much better job of of limiting the big plays. They did a much better job of putting pressure on Hodges, and they. Did a, did a very good job of stopping the run. So um, Florida State's going to need to start quickly. But we'll get in the next segment. We'll get into we'll get into what you know Florida State can do to to stop the Syracuse offense and just how fast paced that is. But Florida State is going to have its hands full in that game. We'll get into that in segment two. In segment three, we'll discuss a little bit about what happened at practice today and some things that stood out. But but first, um, ever since I started this podcast, people have been asking me for advice. Usually it's what team to bet on this week. Should I bet on Florida State? Should I not bet on Florida State? And the truth is, I don't know who's going to win. But if you think you know, you've got to check out my bookie. Remember, who you're betting on is just as important as who you're betting with. That's, all, that's why I always tell people to bet with my bookie. Trust me, guys, they're your best bet this season. They've been in business for years, have great reviews online, and their mobile site is easy to use. Lay down some cash and win big today. I would only recommend a service to my listeners that's been good to me. That's why I'm urging you to make your way to my bookie. You win and they pay. They have in-game live betting, the most rewarding player perks in the business, and for you fantasy guys out there, you can even bet the over-under on how many fantasy points a player will score each game. So join now, and MyBookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar. Use promo code LOCKEDON to activate the offer. Visit MyBookie online today. That's M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E. And don't forget to use the promo code LOCKEDON when creating your account to claim the bonus. You win you play, you get paid. Thanks for sticking with us as we head into segment two here. We're going to talk a little bit about what the uh, what the Syracuse offense is going to be able to do and how Florida State can uh, can combat what uh, what they do. And um, you know, it's it's going to start with quarterback Eric Dungy, but a little bit later in the podcast in segment three, we're going to get into what happened at Florida State practice today and some things that really stood out. But jumping back into what Syracuse does well, I mean, on offense, they do pretty much everything well. And it starts with quarterback Eric Dungy. Like I said, Dungy is Syracuse's leading rusher. He's averaging 9.4 yards per carry so far this season. Um, you know, other than other than Dungy, the the running game isn't particularly great, but Dungy is such a threat every time he touches the ball that it's that it opens everything up for Syracuse. Uh, he's com- 
He's completing 61% of his passes, which isn't great, but he's averaging 8.2 yards per attempt, and he's doing a good job of holding on to the ball. He has seven touchdowns and one interception. Now, the competition that Syracuse hasn't, you know, has played hasn't been great. I mean, they've played Western Michigan and Wagner, but they're averaging 58.5 points per game, so they're doing what they should do, on, at least on the offensive end, to uh, to obliterate those teams, and that's that's what they've been doing so far. But the offense as a whole is averaging just over six yards a play. They've, I mean, they've gained over a thousand yards in two games. Like this is this is a very potent offense that um, you know is is really just getting the job done. There's there's nine receivers through two games that have caught it caught at least one pass, and eight of them have caught at least two passes. So, um, Jamil Cust- Jamal Custis, a senior wide receiver from Philly, is the top receiving target. He uh, he has eleven receptions for two hundred nine yards and three touchdowns. So Florida State's going to have to pay attention to where he is um, whenever they're on the field. He's also a size mismatch at 6'5", 213 pounds. So it's going to be really difficult to match him up with a guy like Levanta Taylor, who's, you know, barely, who's around 5'10", 5'11". He's used to going up against bigger wide receivers, but he's given up seven inches on a a guy that's the primary target, which is going to be a little difficult... um, you know, for him and, and might cause, might cause some issues there, but this offense goes as Dungy goes. Uh, they're going to spread the ball around. They're one of the fastest offenses in the country. Syracuse, uh, so far is averaging 82 plays per game. They, they're moving the ball quickly. Florida State, you know, wants to run tempo and the tempo is obviously not where, where it wants to be so far, but Florida State, like Syracuse is averaging 10 more plays per game, um, so far this season. But with the, um, you know, just with the tempo that that Florida State or that, that Syracuse is running, uh, they're tenth right now in the country in plays per game. Um, you know, that's they they move fast. They put, uh, you know, they put defenses on their heels and they spread the ball around. So Florida State's defense is going to have to be extremely disciplined in their assignments. They're going to have to make plays because uh, Syracuse is going to spread it out. They're going to put Florida State in one-on-one situations and the defensive backs, the linebackers, uh, you know, they're going to have to sit there and they're going to have to make plays in a one-on-one setting, which is something that they did not do against Samford. Willie Taggart said that Florida State played too passive against Samford, and that comes from you know that that goes back to what happened in the in the previous year, where the Florida State defense was passive. It was more um, read and react than being aggressive and getting after it. Um, that's that's not what they were asked to do, and it's it's taking, you know, it's so far it's taking some time for for the defense to get into the different mindset that that they're looking for, um, that the coaches are looking for when it comes when it comes to. You know, just being aggressive and getting after it. You know, that goes from up front in the pass rush to, you know, the secondary and, you know, being aggressive and jumping routes. The, later in the game, Florida State got more aggressive. You just take a look at Levante Taylor's pick six, and he took and he jumped a route. Like, he was aggressive. He saw it. He jumped it. 
You know, that, that's what Florida State's looking for. That's obviously not going to happen every game, but you, you take the chances like that. Um, and Taylor's, Taylor's a good enough cornerback to where he could do that, but it's going to be a tough task this week. Uh, Dungey, he doesn't have the strongest arm, but he's extremely accurate, and he moves extremely well. Um, he, like I said, he's the, he's the leading rusher for Syracuse. He has 244 yards, and he's rushed 20, 26 times. That's the second most on the team. He's averaging 122 yards per game. And you, you look at what, um, what he was able to do against Florida State last year. He had 109 rushing yards. Uh, he had 100 rushing yards against Miami. I mean, he had 105 rushing yards against Central Michigan last year. He, he is a legitimate runner. Uh, he had nine rushing touchdowns and almost 600 yards rushing last year. And that, that includes sacks. So, you know, it's another pet peeve of mine. But I absolutely hate that sacks are rushing yards and not passing yards. But, um, you know, so he, he can run. He's a threat with his legs. And Florida State's going to, going to have to, uh, they're going to have to respect that. None of like Josh Jackson's a running quarterback, but he's not mobile like Dungy is. Dungy's like the first mo- really mobile quarterback that Florida State will play in this defense. And you know this defense is all about being aggressive, but when you play this style of defense, it's you know there, there's there's going to be some big plays. There are going to be some open holes, and Florida State's going to have to be more disciplined um, than it was in the first two games. But Dungy, Dungy had 200 yards rushing and a touchdown against Western Michigan. Now, Syracuse won that game 55-42, to so he needed every single bit of that in order to, uh, to keep the Syracuse offense on top just because Western Michigan was able to score at will. So we discussed uh, you know, the Florida State offense against the Syracuse defense um, on, on, you know, in Tuesday's podcast, and we'll discuss it a little more on Friday when we do the preview and prediction and discuss the players, you know, the three players that we need to step up. And we'll do that in Friday's podcast. But for now, um, you know, we'll get back to Florida, Florida State's defense and Syracuse's offense. And I think one of the biggest concerns is, you know, the linebackers. Florida State's linebackers have not been good through the first two games. They've not been uh, – I mean, frankly, they've been they've – been playing rather poorly uh and it was the biggest concern that I had for the defense heading into the season but I didn't expect Dontavious Jackson and Leonard Warner Florida State's two middle linebackers to come up with zero tackles against Sanford zero that's I mean that's that's really not good now Jaden Woodby has been fantastic uh through the first two games he's looked really good uh, he, he had a very good game against Virginia Tech. He's been limited because he separated his shoulder in that Virginia Tech game. He only had one tackle, but I thought he still played very well. He had a pass breakup in the end zone that was just an awesome, awesome play. So I thought he played uh, he played pretty well. Um, you know, DeKalen Brooks has been all right. Adonis Thomas has been uh, he's been hurt this week, so he he was limited. Um, and what he was able to do, but he was not very good against Virginia Tech. So the, the linebackers is probably the biggest issue for the Seminoles, and uh, I think that they're going to have to step up and be much better because Dungy is going to be able to take advantage of them if they aren't uh, significantly better than they have been the first uh, two weeks of the season. Um, coming up in segment three, we will talk about what Florida State did, you know, did well at practice today, what um, 
what went on uh, in practice today that you know was 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 a little interesting. Um, but first, the wait's over. Football season is here, and that means it's fantasy football season once again. And FanDuel has never been more fun or easier to play. If you're not a fantasy expert, then FanDuel is clearly the best place to play for you. FanDuel has something for everyone, and there are more ways to win than ever before. You know, I, I, I enjoy playing fantasy football with my friends. I, I like bragging. I'm 0 for 1 uh, so far this season in uh, in my league with, with a group of friends. And it's, you know, it is what it is. I'm going to bounce back this week. But if you enjoy playing with your friends, FanDuel has made it much easier than ever before to do that. Uh, you can you can play uh, in a group with your friends and it's it's more accessible uh, it's a more accessible way to start head to head so you know you you can do it that way you can do the gridiron pick 'em you can go you can you can play against a score you don't even have to play against other opponents you can play against a score that's a, uh, it's a new contest type where instead of having to come in in a top place among a sea of competitors, you just have to beat a preset score. Anyone who beats the score wins money. It's pretty simple. But you know, if uh, if you're a new user, you get to sign up and you get a $20 bonus when you make your first deposit on FanDuel. So make sure you go out and you, you head out to FanDuel.com and you sign up to play if you're interested in fantasy football, which I'm sure many of you are. That's FanDuel.com. We're back for our final segment of the Locked on Seminoles podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Wayne McGahee, and we're going to jump right into to some things that stood out from, from practice today. Uh, Florida State did null drills again for the second day in a row. I don't remember them, uh, them really doing that before, uh, so that's, that's interesting. If you don't know what null drills are, it's basically Florida State lines an offensive lineman against a defensive lineman. Uh, on a yard line, then moves 10 yards downfield, lines up a linebacker against a um, a tight end, and then goes 10 yards downfield and lines up a wide receiver against a defensive back. Basically, the drill is designed where there's out-of-bounds lines um, that aren't very wide. It's similar to, you know, to an Oklahoma drill, but you... The quarterback hands off to the running back, and then the three offensive players try to block the three defensive players and get the running back to the end zone. It's a pretty simple concept, but there's, you know, there there was a, a few guys that I thought I thought stood out during the drill. Um, yesterday, I praised uh, Chaz Neal uh, because he won two reps. Uh, one of them was against Malcolm Lamar. Today, Malcolm Lamar got his got his revenge and just tossed Chaz Neal away and made a tackle. It was a really nice play, a really bursty play from big guy, and I was actually really impressed with what I saw. Saw there, uh, Trey McKitty continues to be dominant in this drill. Um, he doesn't. I, I don't think I've seen him lose a rep over the last month. Whenever we get out uh, and we get to watch it. Overall, it was a it was a mixed bag against the offense and the defense um, on the offense on the offensive and defensive lines. Cole Minshew had a nice rep, which was nice, uh, really nice to see. He was back working with the first team today, which is also very nice to see. Uh, you know, Minshew came into the season as the expected starter at right guard, but hasn't uh, hasn't really been able to play because of it um, because of some a, a couple issues that uh that he's had as far on the on the injury front 
and, but he should be back this week, which is going to be a big boost to the Florida State offensive line, particularly in the run game, because he might be Florida State's best run blocker. He's a mauler in that type. He still needs to get better in his pass blocking, but as a run blocker, he's a mauler. Um, and he did a really good job um, on Corey Durden in the one rep that I saw him take. Uh, Cam Akers did not take a rep. Jock S. Patrick did not take a rep uh, in in the drill. Um, so it was mostly reps from Amir Razul and Anthony Grant. And Anthony Grant really stood out. He made this one jump cut uh, <laughs> that was from one side of the defender to the next. And it was, I mean, it was really a really special play. But then he followed it up by running right into a defender that Trey, uh, that Tamori and Terry had blocked. He was blocking, and he, he turned him, and Grant made the wrong read, made the wrong cut, and ended up running right into the defender on the sideline. If he cuts the other way, it's a touchdown. Terry did a really good job of the block. So that's something that the freshman's going to have to work on, but the tools are there. He was really impressive today, uh, made a number of, of really nice cuts and has some really nice vision, but he's going to have to... Um, have to, you know, learn when and where to make those cuts. So Mike Arnold had a, had a pretty good day. Uh, Abdul Bello had a, had a really nice rep against Wally Amy. Wally Amy, uh, didn't really have the greatest of days in this drill. He was pushed around a little bit. Um, Leonard Warner actually had a really good day. He beat Jonathan Vickers and, uh, made a tackle and won another rep. I can't, I didn't see who, the tight end he went up against was, but it was, you know, nice to see Warner taking and, um, improving. He, he actually played pretty well against, against Samford. And it's really nice to see him taking that next step. He is behind on Tavius Jackson, but, uh, he is improving and he's getting more playing time. Uh, probably the most impressive block of the day came from little DJ Matthews, you know, five foot nine, hundred fifty four pounds, and he turned Hamson Nasraldine, who has him by about, I don't know, sixty pounds. You know, he he turned Hamsa, got him past the running back, and uh, it, it, that was really really impressive. As as soon as it happened, uh, David Kelly, the wide receivers coach, and James Blackman were running down the field to celebrate with him because he's been, you know, he, he's had a little bit of a struggle. I mean, he is the smallest guy out there for Florida State. And, you know, he was blocking one of the most physical defensive backs that Florida State has, if not the most physical defensive black back Florida State has. And it was uh, it was very impressive to see. Uh, the last rep, Zaquandre White um, beat uh, true freshman Cam McDonald, made a nice play. So, you know, Zaquandre is still getting the hang of defense, but he's moving up the depth chart. He's, he's probably going to see a little bit more time. Um one of the big issues that we talked about yesterday with the Florida State offense was the read option. Well, Florida State was back at it again today. They they work on it religiously every single practice, trying to get DeAndre Francois and the rest of the quarterbacks, you know, and help their decision making uh, as far as you know when to give, when to throw, and when to hold and and run, when to tuck and run. Um, on uh, on those types of plays and you know they, they spent a lot of time they probably spent five ten minutes working on the read option there and just the decision making that comes with it uh DeKalen Brooks and Jaden Woodby were both limited they've both been limited for the past uh past couple weeks uh they were in non-contact jerseys but you know they were participating in practice so nothing really to see there one of the probably the most interesting thing that I think fans will uh 
fans will like to hear is that Logan Tyler, who has not uh, attempted a field goal since 2016, was working on some field goals with Alonzo Hampton during practice. Um, you know, Ricky Aguayo was one and four to start the season. It hasn't been a great start to the year for him. And right now, I think Florida State's trying to find uh, find an answer there. And the answer might be Logan Tyler. We'll have to wait and see. But it looked like he was getting some practice in, and maybe he'll be an option at um, at some point. But that's it for this episode of the Locked On Seminoles podcast. I really appreciate you guys sticking with me this far. Uh, I hope you continue to do it. This is a daily podcast. It'll never be, you know, more than around 30 minutes. So it's perfect for listening on the road to work on, you know, or on the way home, uh, depending on, you know, when you get to listen to it. It's up on almost every podcast site. So you can take and download it there. It, it, you know, it's I, I really appreciate you listening and uh, your support. Uh, really means a lot. So I hope you continue to listen. I'll be back again tomorrow. We get to talk to head coach Willie Taggart. We'll discuss what he said about how the team is preparing, uh, what the team is going to, you know, look to do against Syracuse. And we'll be back uh, on Thursday with that. But for the Locked on Seminoles podcast, I'm Wayne McGahee. And again, I really appreciate your support. Thanks for listening.